Barcelona, Spain, or if you are from there, Barcelona. No matter what you call this city, it is known for its soccer team FC Barcelona and its many architectural landmarks, including the Sagrada Familia, Casa Milá, and Parque Güell. It is world-renowned for being one of the most innovative cities for urban planning, so we are fortunate to hear from Miquel Rodríguez Planas, Commissioner of the 2030 Agenda at Barcelona's City Council. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've heard from so many people that uh, Barcelona is really a city to look to on what's the right way to engage with the SDGs, and you're in charge of, of that initiative. So as commissioner, your title is Commissioner of the 2030 Agenda at the Barcelona City Council. What does your job entail? And I saw that you started the job one year ago. So why did you choose to, to take that on? Okay. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. And well, my, my, my job, well, oh, I'm in charge of making at least Barcelona City Council to reach, be able to reach the 2030 agenda and the SDGs. Maybe later in the next question, I, I can explain a little bit more, but basically the thing is to adapt the agenda to Barcelona reality from here. It, this adaptation is called the localization of the agenda. From here, what we will do, what we do is evaluation. From the evaluation, we are able to prioritize. And from here, we can innovate in public policies and also do awareness and also share with other, other cities. So that's, that will be my, my job. That maybe it's like a little bit like abstract, but at the end, <laughs> you have to like, help the rest of the city council, help the rest of the areas to move on in the direction of the SDGs. That, that, that would be the, 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 main, the main goal. From my personal point of view, I, 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 I had this offer one year ago, now in, in August 2019, and, and I was working in, a, in the academia on, on, on evaluation of SDGs and evaluation of, of cities. So it was very, very interesting to, for me to try to move from the, the theoretical part to the action plan. And, and, and on the other hand, I understand that to reach the agenda, it's to, to reach the future, or at least to have a right to future. So I think it's very nice, and I could not, I could not say no to the offer they gave the offer. So here I am. I'm glad you accepted. And I was just going to say that it sounds like it keeps you busy, for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so since you started a year ago, I'm curious what changes you've seen across the various city departments in the perception and understanding of the sustainable development goals okay in, in this year maybe i would say that the main change is that in some cases i would say that there's two main changes the first one understanding or <laughs> realizing that there's the agenda and maybe maybe it would be nice to follow it and and the other one that i think it's more interesting is the, the, the departments that were already um, aware of the agenda and aware of the SDGs and willing to reach them, they were working on a very um, separate way. Uh, very, like they were trying to reach some of the SDGs, not the, not the whole agenda. And, and what we have tried to explain 
together with my team, it's to make them understand that, hey, it's not about reaching one goal. It's about reaching all of the goals, all of them, the, the seven team, and trying to reach them at the same time. So, 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 and, and try to make them understand that when you are implementing one measure or one policy that you think you, it's reaching one, one goal, you have to think about the trade-off and how it's impacting to the other ones. And you have to try to find, we call it like a, a balance between a, a triple sustainability, the environmental one, the social one, and the economic one. You have to try to reach this triple uh, sustainability. That's, that's the, I would say this is the main change that we are viewing. In one year is not easy. And uh, one year and the pandemic, it doesn't help. So. <laughs> definitely uh difficult for everyone and yeah i think that we can't assume anyone knows about the sdgs so we have to start there before just just diving into strategy about it but i also want to ask you why do you personally care about the mission behind the sustainable development goals well on on the first the, the first thing is what i said before like to me the agenda it's a way to have a right to a future. So we are really, I think that people and, and, and young people more than, than, than older are very aware that we are, we are facing a very, like an inflection moment. And, and if we're not able to change some things, change some ways of how we produce, how we work, how we live, maybe the, the future will be quite different from what we have seen right now. So, so that's, that's the first thing. And, but next to this or, or together to this, I think it's very important to, to, as I said, you have to think about the whole, the whole SDGs at the same time, the whole agenda at the same time. Uh, why? Because when you say you want to reach this agenda, you cannot only reach the, the, the environmental part if you're not offering an economic solution because if you're not offering an economic solution companies will not follow you but at the same time you have to have a social solution you have to not you have to try to not to leave no one behind and that means giving them jobs giving them opportunities reducing inequality and and this is also um, sustainability it's it, maybe it's not so clear from 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 the from like right now when you talk about sustainability normally people talk about come to you and say ha ah, we have a green idea great that's great <laughs> but we need also a blue idea and a and a red idea ah, a blue for for economy and 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 red for for social one so so I, I'm I'm very aware that we need to work always and I'm very I'm I'm talking all all the time about this triple sustainability because. I think that's the key element to understand how to reach it. Yes, that was, uh, thank you for sharing uh, your personal uh, passion about the sustainable development goals. And I really picked up on what you said in the end, uh, like people will come to you and say, oh, I have this idea that has to do with sustainability, but maybe it's just on one aspect. And that's another reason why I love SDGs so much and Agenda 2030 is because it outlines 17 specific aspects but all of them are necessary as you mentioned not just number 13 which is climate action right. etc 
and they all, they're very intertwined and interconnected. And so now moving to Barcelona as a city, why do you think it's important for cities to engage in, a, in Agenda 2030 just beyond SDG 11, considering that uh, the SDGs were designed by national governments at the UN and to be measured nationally? Well, first, the UN is a national body. That's, that's the reality. But, but if you accept that and you try to adapt the, the, the agenda to, to your reality, well, uh, and to the local reality, I think, I think what is very clear is that cities are in the forefront to face the challenge that the SDG are, are trying to, to overcome. And we're in the forefront, not because people live in cities, but, but people live in cities. Now we're talking about 50% of the population of the world is living in cities. Some regions like South America, we're talking about 80%. Some other region are 70%. But all the forecasts are saying that by 2050, we'll, we'll be right around 75% will be living in cities. And the thing is that right now, with only half of the population living in cities, cities are responsible of around 75% of CO2 emissions, are also responsible of 75 or 70% of, of energy consumption. So imagine this in 2050 with 80% of the population. So when, when we say we are at the forefront, it's because we are, we are the ones that are, are really there. And, and, and we have the tools. We have the tools to, to, to do that. So cities cannot think about only SDG 11. They have to think about everything. And, and, and that's why we, we are here. Great. And as I said, you have such a deep background, so many interesting experiences, and something that you're also doing now, beside <laughs> your very busy job for city council, is uh, that you're a member of the UN Economic Commission for Europe's Working Group for evaluation criteria of how public-private partnerships reach the SDGs. So can you tell us more about that work and how public-private partnerships play a role in Agenda 2030? Yes. Well, this, this is a, a very, uh, it's a, a little bit a long story and I will try to make it a little bit short. But the thing is that by 2015, something like that, uh, United Nations in Europe, that it's called United Nations Economic Commission for Europe, uh, they, they realized that a lot of countries in Europe, because we were facing, we still, we still had the crisis, the previous crisis, uh, but also around the world, several public um, governments were not able to implement their policies. Why? Sometimes because there were lack of, of resources, Some, sometimes there were lack of knowledge. And here the solution was or is public-private partnerships. However, public-private partnerships sometimes are bad examples. But we have plenty of bad examples. Why? Because, well, that, that will be, that will, we will need another interview, right, for, for this, this topic. But the thing is that, okay, as they were aware that we need good public-private partnerships, and we call them people-first public-private partnerships, we need an evaluation criteria to see how we can decide which public-private partnership is good and which is not. And it was obvious 
that the SDGs was the way to evaluate them. So we're working on this and then hopefully by, by the end of the year, we'll have an evaluation tool that can be shared, it will be free. You can do your auto evaluation and, and so on. Yeah, that's great because there are several key aspects to really ensuring the SDGs get achieved. And often I hear from, from cities and other stakeholders that lack of resources are a problem for local governments. So very interested to see how we can ensure that the public-private partnerships are people first and that evaluation criteria will be very helpful. And back to Barcelona, you guys have a very robust plan for Agenda 2030, and I'm so glad that I found uh, you have your own website for Agenda 2030. From your perspective, why was it important for the initiative to be public-facing with this website, for example, as opposed to just something that was an internal com commitment that you didn't talk about? Well, I think it's a little bit related with the previous answer. I think that the thing is that when you when you check when you look at the agenda, you look at the 169 targets, and 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 you try to adapt the agenda to your reality. You say, "How? Wow! No, <laughs> this is very big. You need you. We only have right now 10 years, and and we really need to run. Even if 10 years in public administration, it's like a long period. It's around almost three elections, so like it's quite quite a lot of time." But, but the thing is that we need to have an, a, a very public-facing uh, initiative. Why? Because we need the private sector. We need the citizens. We need the, the civil society to be engaged with the agenda. And, and, and we're working to, to have them engaged. The good thing is that a lot of them are already engaged. That's great. So we have also to, to find champions to show them to the rest and say, hey, this is a good example. And, and the other thing is that we have to be very aware that from the public sector, we will not be able to reach all the, the solutions. That's, that's for sure. We are what we are. <laughs> and and we, we, we go where, where we are able to go. But somewhere it's the private sector that has to do it. So that's why, why we decide to work internally and also externally. I'm really glad that you made that decision. And again, uh, other cities can certainly look to Barcelona as an example, and as a follow-up to the discussion about the initiative being public-facing, I read the several reports that you guys have already produced, and I saw that you're aiming to achieve the agenda from six dimensions. And so I want to delve deeper into two of them, which are evaluation and awareness. Uh, so stepping back for a minute, evaluation obviously means you're using data to track the city's progress on the SDGs. And before I get to the question, you kind of alluded to this already, which is I think that cities can feel overwhelmed by having 17 goals, 169 targets, and 232 indicators. <laughs> so now we can get to the question, which is in Barcelona, what data and sources are you using? And how have you streamlined the measurement so it's not overwhelming? Okay, so the first thing, what before deciding what data, the first thing we had to do is to decide which targets were Barcelona targets. And when we, start, when we say Barcelona targets, means that we think that the city, not only the city council, but the city is able to do something about this target. They're able to reach it in, in, our, in our dimension. So in Bar normally experts say that 
local government or local or, or cities are able to reach like around 60% of the targets. In Barcelona, we are willing to reach 80% of the targets. Well, <laughs> maybe this is because we are, I say we are a little bit proactive or hyperactive as a city and we try to be everywhere. But the thing is that now we have like 136 targets adapt to Barcelona reality. Some of them we have tried to keep the, the philosophy, the main description of the target, but we have changed it because we have adapted to our reality. Allow me just to give you one example. When we talk about target 1.1, the one that says no one has to live below $1.30 per day, this doesn't make sense in Barcelona. No one is able to live with $1.30. So we had to change it. And we decided that this target, we should be able to use it to face the homeless problem that we have in Barcelona. It's not a big problem compared to other cities, but we have this problem. So we have decided that by 2030, no one, no one will be sleeping outside. No one will be without a lunch per day, right? So something like that. So, so that's our, so from here, once you adapt the targets to your reality, another thing that we have done, not to be, be stressed, not, be, not to be overwhelmed, is to, okay, let's use the data we have. We have 10 years, <laughs> so now we use the data we have. And in this time, if we need more data, we will build it. We will find it, we will work it. But let's start with what we have. And the good thing, at least in Barcelona, is that we have a very great uh, statistic department with an open data uh, website, very good, with a very plenty of universities in the city and NGOs and social uh, society around. So we are able to work with a lot of data we have plenty of, I would say that we have around 200 indicators already. And, and, and these indicators, what we do is we, we work basically in two types of indicators. Ones that are more related to, to the action of the public sector and others regarding more about the result, what will be the outcomes. So that's, that's the way we work. Basically, that would say not stressing ourselves using what we have right now. <laughs> that will be the main lesson. That's a really good point. And I want to follow up on that. And sorry if this is putting you on the spot, but for other cities, and I, I'm thinking particularly in the global south, you know, in countries that are developing still, much less developed, what do you do for a city that we definitely want them engaged in Agenda 2030? What if they don't really have a statistics department or don't have existing data? I would say all cities have universities, right? So, you know, that's one way maybe they can tap into the resources of, of the universities. But, uh, you know, what is your advice or suggestion for cities that don't have existing data? Well, if you don't have data, you have a problem. That's for sure. So you, I, I would say you really need to have some kind of data, something that you're able to be aware where you are, how far you are, what's the gap between your reality right now and where you want to be by 2030. Maybe it's not the perfect data, but maybe it's not so disaggregate data that it should be something that you helps you to like, okay, I'm around here. That, that's the first thing. The second thing is, as I said, don't stress yourself, keep working, but let's, in the next years, let's introduce more data. And data basically 
if if the national government has data, and normally there's something like this, go to the root, try to see how their, the, the data has been collected. And maybe from here, you're able to see your picture, the one of your city. And the other thing is that you can also build data by making polls, by making interviews. Now with digital, the, the digital society, it's much easier, much cheaper. So you can, you can, you can do some things. From, from our side, what we're doing is to get together with the UCLG, United Cities and Local Governments, we have created a, a, a voluntary local review a team between several cities. And what we're trying is to like share our knowledge, how we're doing our VLRs and trying to share it with the rest of, of cities. And not, not to try to define one specific VLR because VLRs are related to the data that you have and the will and the will also the political will on how you want to do the VLR. So it's more about, hey, how we are doing it and maybe we can give you some tips about how you can do it in your, in your city. Great. Is that is there already a publication out, or that's something that's in in progress? In, in progress. It's still in progress. Great. I'm really excited to to read that and share that. And I also just wanted to comment on two things you said that I really agree with. Well, one could be a whole nother conversation, which you suggested to maybe cities who don't have as much data that they can partner or collaborate with the national government. That's, I think that's a whole nother conversation, but an important one about the synergy mm -hmm. between local and national governments. <laughs> and then also you mentioned they can, they can create data with, with polls and outreach to citizens. And I just wanna make a plug here for, for young people or you know, city governments to engage young people is, you know, this is kind of the bridge between engaging young people and also academia is, I think oftentimes, even from an American perspective, that local governments might say, well, we don't have money in the budget to create these new data collection initiatives. Well, you have young people who are very eager, very competent, not both, you know, educationally, they understand the SDGs and all the 17 different SDGs, uh, but they're very data savvy and technology savvy. So my right. plug is to, if you don't have enough data, definitely use the young leaders in your community to help you with this because We'd love to. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that right, before right. <laughs> moving on. No, but it is true because, because you can ask them. You can ask young people about where, you, where they are regarding several topics, several problems. And, and maybe you can also ask them, okay, don't, 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 don't give me your answer. Give me the answer of your parents or your grandparents. So maybe it's not the perfect picture, but it's something that you can, you can use. You don't need to be rich to get data. You have to be, <laughs> use your imagination. Resourceful, yeah. I think resourceful it. is definitely right, right. a good word to summarize. And I want to go back to, uh, so we talked about the evaluation dimension in, in Barcelona. I mm -hmm. wanted to follow up on the awareness dimension and ask you how in Barcelona are you disseminating knowledge on this initiative to the public? And can you provide specific examples? Yes, here what we're doing, it's, well, the one, one example will be what I just explained to you about, about the, the, this working group inside UCLG and in international level. But if we go to Barcelona level, we have, I would say, two, two tools, if we want to call it like that. One is publicity campaigns. And now we will have like a, a, a new one by September, end of September, beginning of, of, 
of October, a new one, and like trying to explain in very clear words with short phrases, short sentences about, hey, the agenda in Barcelona is this, it's this, and it's this, and don't try to like because everybody is getting a little bit lost, right? How many SDGs? How many targets? No, no, forget about SDGs. Forget about target. We're talking about people, planet, and prosperity. So very, very clear. And the other thing is that we will we will build a, a, what we call a, a table. I don't know. Maybe it's not the, the word in English, but we take, talk about having a table to reach the agenda. And there will be like a, an open forum for companies, private companies, NGOs, the social uh, society that we want them to be together with us, working with us about not about how far are we from reaching the agenda. We will have done this. We will show them the gap and say, hey, we want to do this. That's the, our plan from the public sector. But what can you do about it? What can you do from the social society, no, the civil society, and, and try to make them work together? I don't know what will happen. Maybe they would just throw, throw them in the chairs and, 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 and kick off us, kick, off, kick us out from the, from the meeting, but I don't know. Uh, I, think, I think it would be very interesting. <laughs> well, you might as well try. That's the worst thing that could happen. Right. <laughs> and I understand that in Barcelona, you've connected the SDGs to the budget process, which is uh, quite innovative and progressive. So how did that come about and how is it going? Okay, so here maybe we, we have done a very interesting thing. It's about, it's more than an, an exercise about previous budgets and try to adapt these previous budgets to the, to the SDGs. And, but, but I understand this is the, the, the first exercise that we have to do related to the budget, that everyone is aware about, ah, okay, so my budget is reaching this SDG, my budget is reaching these other SDGs. And, and we're working, and we have like a very nice picture about comparing the, the evaluation of the SDGs to the resources we're putting in this policy. Sometimes you see that, okay, you're far from reaching this SDG, but how, surprise, you're not putting enough money to this, to this policy. Sometimes not, but, but that's, that's a good exercise. The next step should be about preparing future budgets, taking into account, taking care, uh, uh, considering your priorities as an agenda, to, as, as, as willing to reach the agenda 2030. That's the, the main next point. To be honest also, I would say, I'm not thinking about 2021, about being this, the year of having this, 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 the budget more adapted to the agenda, maybe in 2022, but, but the, the pandemic has changed a little bit the priorities. I cannot, we cannot force the, the city council to move in, 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 in something when there's other priorities. Yeah, definitely. The coronavirus has meant shifting pretty much all resources to, to that priority because it's about saving lives and really surviving day to day. Just to focus on that for a moment, how has the coronavirus affected progress on the SDGs so far, given that we only have 10 years left to achieve the SDGs? And how do you foresee that to, to continue over the next few years? So, so the thing is that at the beginning, by in end of March, April, it was like, hey, who cares about 2030, at least in Barcelona, because we were all in the lockdown. We didn't know how long it would be the lockdown. Plenty of people um, going to the hospitals and like, 
the, the issue was another one. When you take your time and think with a little bit of more perspective, you, you realize two things. The first one is that the challenge that the coronavirus has put in our society, all, this, all the challenges such as uh, a better education, a better health system, a better or more sustainable uh, mobility or more care about elderly people, all these are in the SDGs. All these challenges were already in the SDGs. None of them is a new challenge. The thing is that the pandemic, what it has done is maybe oblige us to change the priorities and maybe put some challenges on top of other ones or some targets on top of other ones because now we realize that, hey, this is more important now than one year before. So the thing is that the agenda, it's right now after a moment of stress and panic about, hey, who cares about 2030? The thing is that now we realize that, no, no, the agenda is more important than ever. And maybe the thing is that we should try to reach it before 2030 because we have several things that they need an answer right now. We, don't, we cannot wait by 2030. That's the way we have adapted the agenda to, to, to the pandemic. You can probably tell I agree very much with what you said. It is this duality on one hand when the pandemic certainly first hit all of our communities. It's an emergency, you know? Um, everyone goes on lockdown. You have to figure out how to save lives and get enough equipment to hospitals, et cetera. On the other hand, I think you're right that it's made it apparent that the sustainable development goals and Agenda 2030 are more important than ever. And specifically about cities, I mean, you talk about, you know, more than 50% of people living in cities. Cities are the ones who are handling <laughs> coronavirus, right? Because we literally can't leave our cities right now. So the cities are on the front lines of saving lives, of containing the virus, and having to work with other cities, not only in their own country, but around the world to share resources, you know, share ventilators and PPE, but also share, share knowledge about logistics. You know, when I was just listening on the news the other day, there's only, you know, it was a small a hospital like in Mississippi, which is a state in the South. They have to airlift patients to other states, right? So these cities are having to communicate with other cities to respond uh, best to the problems at hand. And one thing I talk about with my family and friends a lot is, you know, the next hurdle in coronavirus will be, one of the next hurdles will be the vaccine. You know, once we get one, right? And, you know, this is in, in the theme of uh, the sustainable development goals is, is this multilateralism and city diplomacy. And, you know, I think we have to do better than we have been so far in this pandemic to work together across borders because the coronavirus doesn't care about borders. It completely right. ignores that. Um, so we've had a very insightful conversation already. And I want to talk about one of my favorite things, which is young leaders. Great. <laughs> so my first question is, how is Barcelona actively engaging young people on SDGs and helping you to achieve the agenda? As we have started one year ago, in, in, in less than a year, so we haven't started to, let's say like that, attack young leaders or, or, or get in touch with young leaders. But however, we have a plan. Okay? So, so the, thing is that <laughs> the thing is that we have a very good thing in Barcelona. We have a, we call it the sustainable network. That it's something that was, it's been created like more than 10 years ago. 
uh, it was more related at the beginning with the 21 agenda, 21st agenda. And, and, and the thing is that right now we have like around, I would say 300 schools in Barcelona. I don't know if 200 or 300, I don't know. But anyway, the number is big if it's 200. So 200 schools that are attached to this program, to this, to this sustainable uh, network, they have their own sustainable schools network. And, and here there's plenty of kids and, and for example, my sons that are teenager, well, 10 and, 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 and a little bit more and a little less that they're doing offering solutions in their, in their, in their schools to try to make them more green, more environmental. So, so we want to work with them to try to find these champions and young leaders to allow them to show us what are they doing and from their example, try to, 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 to reach more people. That sounds great. And then my final question is, let's say you're talking to other municipal leaders around the world. What would you tell them is the importance of meaningful inclusion of youth in order to fully achieve the sustainable development goals? Well, totally, because we're talking about the future <laughs> and, and, and the youth is the future. So, so we cannot, try to reach the 23 agenda without the implication of young people because we are working for the future and they are the future so we have to work together of course maybe it's hard it's difficult uh, they're not voters so we don't think about them sometimes but we, we should be able to to work with them to try to again i, I coming to the to, as i said at the beginning work with them about this conception of the triple sustainability like it's not only about green, it's about green, but it has also to be, it has to have some kind of progress because progress allows you to have jobs and earnings. So, but, but the jobs and earnings and the progress has to be compatible with the, with the green, with the environmental. So you have to try to, to move in this, in this dimension. And, and this is something that I think that we have to share it with the young people, not because they not, don't understand it, because they are young and they are willing and thinking about, as we said at the beginning, about the green solution, but we have to think about the overall solution. And, and, and for sure, we have to work with them. I agree. <laughs> we're here and we're ready. So thank you so much for your time today. It was quite insightful and inspiring to hear about how Barcelona is aligning with the sustainable development goals and sharing its journey, both with its own citizens, but cities around the world. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think it, it has been very interesting and I hope that the, this conversation helps other cities to reach, to reach the agenda.